This week, Nell and I and Manny and Charlie went up to London to uh, a gathering of all the London churches in um, vineyard churches. All the, sorry, yes, all the vineyard churches. Have I got feedback? In uh, up, up at Bank in Portland Street. And I don't know if you, any of you have been to the place of um, spiritual direction. It is the most incredible building. Anyway, we gathered together all the London churches and worshipped together and ministered together. And I just wanted to say that our latest church plants, Balham, Croydon, and Kennington, which is uh, Tom and Leslie in Croydon, and Viv and Steve in Balham, and our very own Rowanna Quirk in Kennington, they are all absolutely doing marvelously. And it's so, it was so good to see their growth and their leadership coming alive. And, you know, I, it's not an easy thing, a church planting, but they've all done really well, and they, and they really shine. And in fact, the whole day was um, of other people, but our, our people leading the way. Neil and I used to lead the London area, and we handed over the baton to Jason and Bev Clark in Sutton Vineyard, and they are just handing it over. And then at the moment, there's in transition, so there's not actually a leader for the London area, even though that Rosie and Andy McNeil have stood in for the time being. But just seeing the growth in London, in the vineyards only, and not just this, is, we're only just one small, very small denomination. And don't hear me say we're way above anybody else's denomination. We are just one small, we're just one way of going, get, doing church. Um, and it's growing, the London area is growing. And it is wonderful to be part of it, to be part of the vineyard at this time. It's so bizarre that um, I am leading this uh, well, I'm leading today on Lent and slowing down because out of all the staff team, I'm probably the worst at it. Everyone else has really got it under a, you know, they're doing really well. Everyone goes into, we have times when Neil leads the group into a time of silence, and I just, I'm actually not great at that. I can't sit still for very long enough. But it is something that I feel that the Lord is really speaking to not just our church to, but to perhaps the world in it. And I would like to invite you, as it were, to stand with me on a vista of a mountaintop and to take the view with me and take a stop. Stop with me and let's explore this slowing down for the Lord for Lent. And as we look at the vista across and to give thanks for our church plants and give thanks for all the people that the Southwest London Vineyard has planted out, but also has um, not just planted out in churches, but people have come here and served and gone and done amazing things in other churches. As we take a stock and give thanks to the Lord that he is good and that he has done marvelous things as we stop together and I allow the Lord, and the word I kept getting this morning was, um, allow him, Jesus Christ, to come and wash your feet this morning. Metaphorically, of course, but allow him to come in close. Dare to allow the Lord 
One of my favorite paintings is of the Homan Hunt knocking on the door, and I'd just like to ask a quick question. Are you, right now, would you open the, swing open the door and say, hi, Jesus, come on in? Or would you perhaps be slightly more tentative and perhaps just put your hand on the other side because feeling, touching, looking at Jesus would be too much right now. But knowing that his hand was on the other side. Or perhaps you would be not able to look at him But I'm telling you now, the Lord adores you. And even if you did nothing else today but just breathe and took it slow, he could not love you anymore. And doing nothing, as someone said in the prayer meeting this morning, I think it was Judy, said doing nothing doesn't mean that God is doing nothing. In fact, it's allowing God to go deeper. So come, Lord, this morning. I'm sorry I put the cross there because I really wanted to, to, for it to be a visual. So I'll try and move over a little bit so you might be able to see me. But perhaps it's more the words and then me. So if you've got a Bible, turn with me to a Matthew 11. And I'm just going to read it um, from the message version. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I love that, that phrase, keep company with me. It reminds me of the bit in Genesis, come walk with me in the cool of the day. Keep company with me. The Lord is calling to all of us, come Spend time with me. Oh, just spend time with me. Just take my hand and I will lead you. Well, we're all doing it's the Lent season. I don't know what you've given up. Perhaps you have given up something. I'm trying to give up something and sort of failing a little bit, but trying to keep on with it. But then there's the 40 days leading up to Easter week. We're to take a pause and reflecting on Jesus' time in the wilderness and intentionally carving out time and space to remember Jesus' life, his death and resurrection. The word Lent comes from an old German word meaning long days, long days of the lengthening of the day. And while it refers to the coming of spring and the longer days we all look forward to after winter, There's something I think the Lord is wanting to invite us into this Lent. Around us intentionally lengthening our days and slowing down. So as we reflect on the season of Lent, and we go to the vista together, in the run-up to Easter, 
we are going to be running, looking at slowing, Sabbath, solitude, silence, and simplicity. But before we go any further, I have a couple of questions which I just would love you to just get into groups, just to groups of four or five, just to answer. And if everyone can take time to answer the question, they don't have to share very much, but let's just try everyone to talk in our groups. The first question is, how would you describe your week? What have you done this week? Why don't you quickly get into groups and discuss what have you done this week and how would you describe your week? You haven't got long. If you don't know the people around you, say hello and introduce yourself. Two more minutes left. And one minute left, people. 
If you could draw your conversations to close, and perhaps if you haven't had a chance to speak this time, you can speak in the next question. I love the vineyard people. We know how to talk. I wish I was in every single conversation, and especially the one Tom's having right now. That is really fun. Right. Well, let us pray. Oh, you know what's going on in our lives, God. Oh, you know our comings and our goings. We say, "Come, Holy Spirit," this morning. Would you minister deep as you can only do, Lord? Can you come into parts of us that need the healing and peace that we all long for? Your peace that surpasses all understanding that comes from you. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome Jesus. We welcome you, Lord. Wash our feet, O God as we rest in the knowledge that you adore us and love us and see us and you want to affirm us, you want to draw and take the pain of life from us, to take the weight of life and to give us your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What we have here is this really familiar text. It's this wonderful invitation from Jesus to all of us who may be feeling tired or weary due to whatever's going on in our lives. Maybe it's a long-term sickness, a misunderstanding, a complete um, meltdown at work, or just over, feeling overwhelmed. But this morning, I feel like the Lord would ask you to sit back Relax, breathe deeply, and let the Word of God and the Spirit of God minister to you. And Jesus Christ himself, metaphorically, come close and wash your feet. Because the truth is, at this time, more than any time right now, at this moment, in this hour of this time of this world, and in the modern age, most of us are living with at least a low grade, maybe a middle grade fatigue or anxiety that rarely ever goes away. I love Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this passage from the message. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me 
Get away with me and you'll recover your life. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You'll learn to love freely. Live freely and lightly. Gosh, amazing. What a great invitation to what might be called the unhurried life. Where it feels good in the marrow of our bones, just to wake up in the morning and looking ahead to another day as we work out how to follow Jesus. Jesus called to the disciples at the early at the time, come, follow me, come and be with me. It's not, it's not until the end of John did he give them the commission. Come, follow me, rest with me. The trouble is, if we're being honest with ourselves, how many of us would say that much as we love this text, the truth is we just don't relate to it at all. I think I'm following Jesus. I'm here, aren't I? But the truth to be told, I am pretty tired. I am worn out, and I'm kind of burnt out on religion. Well, if that's how you're feeling this morning, then you're not alone. Chances are there are people all around you, not just in this church, but everywhere, who feel exactly the same way in our communities. I certainly do from time to time. I read this passage and I say to myself, that sounds great. But hand on heart, I'm not sure it's my everyday experience. But this this passage has such potential to unlock like Jesus at the door, standing and knocking to a whole new dimension in our discipleship to Jesus. If you've been around the church for any length of time, chances are you'll know this passage, but hidden in plain sight is what Dallas Willard calls the secret of the easy yoke. He writes this, In this truth lies the secret of of the easy yoke. The secret involves living as Jesus lived in the entirety of his life. Adopting his overall lifestyle, our mistake is to think that following Jesus consists of loving our enemies, going the second mile, suffering patiently and hopefully, turning the other cheek while living the rest of our lives, just as everyone around us does. It's a strategy that is bound to fail. And what he's saying is so simple and yet so profound. Because the reality is, if we want to experience the life of Jesus, we have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Because the way of Jesus is just that. It is a way of life. And it's the lifestyle that Jesus is getting at through this odd Odd imagery of a yoke, which is that first century farming metaphor, lost on most of us. Theologian Frederick Dale Bruner writes this, A yoke is a work instrument. So when Jesus offers a yoke, he offers what we might think tired workers need least, 
Surely they need a mattress, a vacation, not a yoke. But Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give those who are tired in a new way to carry life, a fresh way to bear responsibilities. Realism sees that life is a succession of burdens. We can't get away from them. But instead of offering an escape, Jesus offers us equipment. Jesus means that walking with him and in his steps will develop in us a balance, a way of carrying life that will give more rest than the way we have been living. Which is why over these coming weeks, we're going to be looking at some of these ways of carrying life that looks a little different to the way our society would have us live. Things like silence, solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, and simple rhythms of grace. Because the truth is, life is tricky. And even more tricky at the moment. And it just seems to, at the, seems just to get harder and harder. And the weight of responsibility we all have feels like sometimes it just gets heavier and heavier the older we get. And if we're honest, discipleship to Jesus can sometimes feel like another weight that's put on us on top of all the others. You're already tired, working a 50 and some hours a week. You've already way too busy. We just don't have the time. And now you're saying that I've also got to read my Bible every single day and pray without ceasing and sign up for another small group and come to church every week and, and, and. It just feels overwhelming. Well, if you feel like that, and who doesn't, we should look again at Jesus' picture of the yoke. A yoke was almost always used to bind together two oxen so they could more easily carry a load. A pool, a heavy cart, a plow, a field. And what Jesus is saying is, I'm here I have this yoke. Why don't you come alongside me and match your step, match your pace of life to mine and let me carry most of the weight and I'll do all the heavy lifting. You just come in here right next to me and it will be easy. Trust me. And if you haven't worked out yet, one of the hardest ways to do life following Jesus is to carry on living life in exactly the same way as all the other people we know around us to try to, try to be all and do all things and have all things and uh, that our culture demands of us and then just to try to add following Jesus to top all of it. That's hard. And chances are failure and frustration are on the horizon. A much easier way to follow Jesus is to radically alter a whole way of doing life and take the pattern set by Jesus' lifestyle, not just in the decision to love our enemies, but in our daily routines and our weekly rhythms, things like silence, solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, Because when we adopt the lifestyle of Jesus, the life of Jesus is the natural overflow. 
And that's the secret of the easy yoke. Let me just say that again, because when we adopt the lifestyle of Jesus, the life of Jesus is the natural overflow. And that is the secret of the easy yoke. Now, if you're anything like me, when you hear all this, we say, that all sounds awesome. That's just one minor detail that's been overlooked. To take up the easy yoke, to walk in step with Jesus, to live life as Jesus pays, that would mean that I need to slow down, which is what we're trying beginning with today, which I find personally very difficult. And as I said at the very beginning, I am not naturally good at it at all. But because I know about Jesus' pace of life, and I know about mine, and they are at the moment very different. If there's one thing you pick up from reading about Jesus in the Gospels, Jesus was pretty much never in a hurry. Yes, his life was full. He was here and there and everywhere, and yet he would always take time out to go away and rest and pray, retreat to return, rest and pray, Back and forth, you can see in the Gospels, retreat, he would go to return. Retreat to pray and return, back and forth. And he was never, again, ever in a rush. He would stop. Interruption in, after interruption followed him, whatever he went. People around him would get really frustrated with him. Why are you praying for that woman? Well, she's dying. Well, so is this other woman, and people get frustrated with him because he was just so present in the moment and never seemed to be in a hurry. Present in the moment. John Ortberg, who was a pastor and teacher at Willow Creek, was mentored by Dallas Willard, and he called up to Willard one day, called Willard up, sorry, one day, because he was feeling stuck in his discipleship to Jesus and not where he wanted to be at all. And so he asked Dallas Willard what he needed to do. You can imagine him on the other end of the phone. Dallas, what am I supposed to do? And before Willard said anything, there was an awkward silence. And Dallas said, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. So Ortberg said, okay, that's great, but that's really helpful. And then he asked, so what else can I do? And there's another long silence. And Willard said, there is nothing else. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone were to ask you, what is the greatest challenge in your spiritual life at the moment? What would you say? What is the greatest challenge in your spiritual life at the moment? Why don't you get back into the same groups and ask the same question to each other? What is the greatest challenge to your spiritual life at the moment?
Two minutes left. One minute left. I feel, I feel sad about stopping some of your discussions because they look very interesting. <laughs> Let me just uh, pray again as we go on. You know, there's a book called The Process of Being Formed into the image of Christ for the sake, is for the sake of others. And this silence and the solitude and the Sabbath, not that I've got it down at all. So don't think I'm, I'm standing here because the, the team know I haven't got it down. And even Sabbath, I'm finding it difficult. Neil loves it and I'm, I'm still doing, can't sit still very well, do I, darling? Oh, thank you. But the challenge is, our God is such depth, such depth to him. And to mature as Christians in this season, to do, continue the reset that I spoke about at the beginning of last year, this is part of the reset. To mature as Christians, to really understand the fullness of Christ, to understand and see Christ as he is supposed to be seen. This silence and this solitude is part of the maturing process. And it's, we are people of depth. We cry out to God of depth. And he does not fail us. So Lord, come such an incredible God. Let us really take hold of all that you are. And let us take hold of the love that you have for us. This Lent time, that this love that you have for us is incredible, is unwavering, is enduring. Your love endures forever. 
and we praise your holy name. Come, Holy Spirit, as you do, as you are now ministering deep, your peace, your resurrection power, your life, your depth that we crave for and long for in a time that we live now, that we cannot lead in ways that we have led in the past. We cannot do our jobs in the way that we've done them in the past. We cannot be ourselves in the way that we've done in the past. We have to dive into the river of, of the river that comes from the temple to immerse ourselves in you. So come, Lord. Amen. Whatever your answer to that question was, I wonder how many of you would say hurry. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. The number one challenge we face is time. And the reality is most of us are just too busy to lead emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, rich and vibrant lives. You will have heard this before, but it is argued that Christians are assimilating a culture of business, hurry and overload, which leads to God becoming more marginalized in Christians' lives, which leads to a deteriorating relationship with God, which leads to Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how to live, which leads to more conformity to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload, and so the cycle begins again. Catholic writer Ronald Rollheiser puts it this way, Today, a number of historical circumstances are blindly flowing together and accidentally conspiring to produce a climate within which it is difficult not just to think about God or to pray, but simply to have an interior depth whatsoever. We are distracting ourselves into the spiritual oblivion. Pathological busyness, distraction, and restlessness are the major blocks today within our spiritual lives. I can't help but wonder if Jesus wouldn't say to many of us here this morning what he said to Martha in the famous line of that classic story, Martha, Martha, Kate, Kate. Definitely to me. I can definitely hear him saying that. And you can just put your name in there if you want to. You are worried and upset about many things, which I, I do. I'm worried and upset about many things. And he continues in Luke 10, 41. You're in the kitchen and you're so busy and the food's great and I'm grateful, but here's Mary sitting at my feet. Here's Neil sitting at my feet. That's the way of a disciple. <laughs> thought you liked that, Donna. <laughs> the need of the hour. The need of the hour. According to Pete Scazzaro, who wrote Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, calls for a slowed down spirituality. We all know that our world has sped up to a frenetic pace in spite of our washing machines, our microwaves, our dishwashers, our iPhones, and all of that. Most of us feel like we have less time and not more. So the question is, where did that, all that time go? Because technology really does save time. The answer is, we just spent it on something else. Someone once said, hurry is the form of violence to the soul. 
The point is that as we reflect on this season and the lead up to Easter and all that's going on in our world today, we have a problem, and that problem is time. And the solution to that problem is not more time. How often do we find ourselves saying, I wish there were more hours in the day that wouldn't solve the problem, or all I would do is just fill up those hours with exactly the same stuff, that stuff that I'm filling up, the 24 hours I already have, and I'm just end up more tired and frazzled. Dallas Willard writes, of course, it's a fallacy to think that one just needs more time Unless a deeper solution is found, more time will just fill up in the same way as the time we already have. The solution isn't more time. The solution is to slow down and simplify our lives around the essentials of following Jesus. And this is what followers of Jesus have been saying for millennia, which is why we are looking at silence, solitude, Sabbath, and simplicity. So as we settle into Lent, we may find ourselves having to learn to live deliberately. We're going to have to slow down. And most of us yearn for a slower pace of life anyway. There's something deep in us as we are deep beings, deep calls to deep, that sighs with profound relief about the possibility of taking on the easy yoke of Jesus so that we can slow down and become all that he has for us. Not in the doing, all that he has for us in his love, his peace, his acceptance, his joy. But we're all, I'm gonna need help in doing it, and we're all going to have to help one another because life is crazy and so over the next few weeks we're going to be looking at this some more and also there's going to be on the friday night a friday um notice that we send out there are going to be podcasts relating to the subject being spoken about um the week so i've got a fantastic podcast by kim plubber talking about sabbath that they do as a family when james is speaking about it next sunday which is which is great There's been, we've got two millennia of time-tested rhythms and practices from the life of Jesus and the history of the church. And this, I feel like, and not just from us as a vineyard, but across the movement. In our body, we have so many muscles and um, different bones which we need to stand to run the race that's set before us. The rhythms of grace is one lot of muscles in us that we need to run the race to set the test of time. We, don't, we need to exert our muscles so we don't, we don't lose um, the, the strength in them. We need to look in the word so we don't lose the meat in it that ministers to our soul. We don't stop worshipping whatever season we're in which ministers to our spirit. All of these in the body of Christ, in the church, in the vineyard, in all the church, and you know how I love the church. We as audience of one to run the race that the Lord has set for us individually and corporately. 
the silence and the solitude and the simplicity is all part of, of the muscles of the kingdom of God, if that makes sense. We do it in tandem with everything else. And that's where maturity comes. That's when understanding who we are in Christ comes. That's allowing Christ to take our pain and our burdens. The rhythms of, easy, of the easy yoke, things like silence and solitude and Sabbath and simplicity, unforced rhythms of grace because this really matters. This is where the rubber hits the road and we're all in it together. We are living in life in this time, in this place, with all the pressures and demands. And we all have to decide every morning as we wake up, we all have to decide, will we continue to break next speed through life and just try to work in a little Jesus stuff along the way? Or will we radically alter the pace of our life, slow down and take up the easy yoke with Jesus? Are you tired and worn out? burned out on religion. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting upon you. Keep company with me. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. As we're not doing the Lord's Supper this week, uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna play, um, we're gonna play a, a most beautiful tune that Judy Mayhew introduced me to last Wednesday when we did a prayer day. The Sunday morning prayer group um, went to a uh, prayer house in Hampton Court and Judy Mayhew led us in a, a silence and solitude day. And, and, and it, she, um, Judy Mayhew is incredible. She's got, you are, darling. And uh, it was a real privilege to be part of it. And um, so she introduced, I can't take credit for this piece of music. It is the most beautiful music. But what I'm trying to say to you, instead of doing the Lord's Supper together, which we do, but do take it at home. Do take it with your families is allow the Lord, as he has done all morning, come close to you as the music plays. Don't be fearful. Don't be afraid. There's nothing too much. There's no one here that is too much for our Lord. There's nothing that has been done that is too much. He wants to come to you right now and bring you peace and love and joy and healing. So why don't we play music?